This is the Outpace Coaching Podcast presented by Coach Anthony and Coach Peter. Together, we strive to help you outpace the competition. In this podcast, we dive into everything endurance sports related and give you our perspective on what will make you faster. Welcome, everybody, to uh, the December podcast 2021. It's. We should probably say 2021 because I don't think we've done one since October of 2020. Yeah, it has been a long time, and it it's, it doesn't seem that long ago. No, but. yeah, I mean this this whole last year has just flown by. Yeah, we uh, we definitely missed a few months here. I mean, I think things got busy. You moved. Um, you know, races started happening again, and we kind of uh, the podcast fell off, but. We're happy to say that we're back, just for the end, just for New Year's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, be on a uh, more consistent cadence. Yep, that's you know, the plan moving forward for twenty twenty two. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're here and uh, we we moved into a new place in April. Yep. Um, and now we're finally, I feel like, moved in. Yeah. You know, after after tri season and and having no time to. You guys have a full on lifetime fitness downstairs. <laughs> yeah. For anyone listening, it's worth uh, making the trip out yeah, here yeah. and inviting people to your gym. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to start uh, charging membership fees. Yeah, yeah. That it's it's been definitely that that of course has been has been a work in progress for 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 a while just planning wise and figuring out what i want to put in there and you got a sauna and you got swim machine ski machine yeah yeah pumped yeah it's pretty great um but uh but yeah in regards to this this past year um we'll kind of just checking in some races that we've done and the team has done and and just updates and whatnot yeah i think we wanted to i mean obviously we have not done one in 2021 so i think we'll probably just take advantage of the opportunity to just go through 2021 um, I think obviously in 2020, you know, most of the podcasts were just kind of what was happening. Um, and thankfully we had a full season in 2021. So I guess we'll just take advantage of this to look back and kind of recap some of the races we all did. Yeah. yeah. So what do you so, want to start with? So starting with, uh, I mean, cause we never recapped the Berkey. No. Um, and that, that was, seems like a forever. Ago. Yeah. Especially <laughs> since the Berkey's in a couple months still That's now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new one's coming up. Which hopefully will be the full course. Yeah. So the I, interesting thing about the Berkey this year was, and I guess I have good context for this because it was only my second one. I did the first one in 2020, which was actually still pre-COVID, right? Because I remember COVID came out like two weeks after the Berkey happened. Oh, sure. So in okay, 2020, okay. the regular Berkey happened. It was my first experience, wave eight. And for the people who've done it or the people who haven't, I mean, you're kind of just stuck behind people. I mean, you're in the very last wave. Thousands and thousands of people have gotten in front of you. So my experience is really just kind of trying to ski as much as possible and inevitably being stuck behind a lot of people. And then in 2021, it was literally the opposite because they spread it out over five days they tried to social distance as much as possible. So each wave had like three or four different times to go off. Um, and so I kind of jumped out in front of my wave, which is wave four. And literally it was like a time trial. I mean, I would go 15 minutes without seeing anyone. Oh yeah. So I went from, you know, the most clustered race I've ever done in my life to <laughs> like, you know, almost having to look around to make sure I didn't make the wrong turn. Cause I go so long without oh, seeing yeah, anyone. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in this year you're, you'll be in 
Which four again? Oh, okay. And that was the other thing too. Is like they don't. Oh, that's they're right. not allowing anyone to use their time to move up. Which I guess I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what was your take on the Berkey for this year. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I'm just glad that we were able to do it, yeah. like, especially after like training so hard for it. And then it seemed like it was iffy yeah. if they were going to have it. Yeah. And this year it should, this, this coming year should be, you know, I think everything's going to happen as normal, yeah. you know, and which will be super fun. I mean, there's something to say about finishing downtown Hayward and oh, just totally. going across the lake, you know, I, I think the course they set it up the best they could. Yeah. It was still an awesome event. It's just there was no spectators yeah. or no, no atmosphere after. So it'll be fun to get back to. It was interesting how you literally would finish and you were like instructed to immediately put your mask on. And they were basically like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, There's yeah. an announcement going on. Do not sit around. Go back to your car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know it's better than nothing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And then we then we kicked off kind of the outdoor. I mean, summer kind of race season uh, with the Eau Claire. Kind of there was a ten mile uh, Sweet Sixteen races, which was super fun. So just to clarify too, the Sweet Sixteen, which I thought was crazy, but some a lot of LPS athletes did. You would do a what was it a 5k and a one miler the night before Saturday night you did a one mile a five mile and then a 10 mile the yeah. next day yeah. yeah yeah and I think some of the people didn't even start the five mile until like 8 p.m or something yeah it was it was a it was all afternoon on Saturday then morning early morning on Sunday yeah so, that's yeah, was... just my worst nightmare <laughs> I mean I go to bed at eight o'clock and you're telling uh, me I have to start running <laughs> yeah but it was I mean the Eau Claire with the rivers there and the trails it was super fun and we plan to do yeah. that again um this next uh this next may yeah and i think it was fun too because like because normally they have this as a half marathon and a full but a big group and there were some people that did the sweet 16 but a big group also did the 10 miler and i know like me you and andrew kind of spent the whole spring running with the goal of breaking 60 minutes yeah. so six minutes per mile and we kind of had this back and forth for the first seven miles <laughs> and then there's this turnaround and as soon as we you have to turn around on a dime and as soon as we turned around i knew i was not going to be able to get back up at that speed and then you two dropped me and then you dropped andrew with like half a mile to go so it was a fun little competition it was, we turned it, was it into fun. yeah yeah for sure and then that follow so it was two weeks later i think or, or three weeks later we went to chattanooga 70.3 yeah which like is eight of us or seven of us or something. Yeah, which was super fun. That that the that's gonna be team races next year for us. But um yeah, an awesome course. It was super it was very warm and we weren't used to anything, Yeah, for any, May. Anything it, close to that. I think it was like I think the high was ninety six. Yeah. And humid. Yeah. Yeah, it was extremely warm for May. Um and well for anyone wondering, I mean Chattanooga is like that's a perfectly efficient downtown area for a race. They oh. have like 15 hotels within a block or two of the transition it's right there on the river there's restaurants everywhere like that i feel like that was a really enjoyable race to be able to like a travel to but then b be someone who doesn't have a car and can just easily go back and forth from yeah. transition it was like it's very easy race to travel to yeah yeah for sure yeah and it was it was super fun and 
yeah, looking forward to that again this year. I think there'll be a big group that goes yeah. again this year. And that's that's a really good transition because then the next race we did was the polar opposite of that. Oh, yeah, Des Moines. Des Moines, which was about a two-mile walk any way you spin it to get to transition. To get your bike, to put your bike in. To, yeah, and it was rain. It was, it was definitely an interesting experience. So Des Moines was was equally as hot but it was different because everyone showed up on it was a sunday race right yep yeah and everyone showed it could have been a saturday race given or no it was a sunday race. yeah it was sunday yeah because on saturday terrible weather started coming in and i remember everyone went to bed saturday night like just with the absolute assumption that we were going to wake up to high winds and thunderstorms yeah which we did. So it was one of those things where everyone's kind of sitting in their hotel room as the hours clock by, like, checking the weather. Yeah. And then finally they sent a message saying that they are going to have the race, but it's going to be an abridged bike. Um, and then, you know, of course, it, the weather did clear up, but it was just insanely humid yeah. for, the, for the rest of the race. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a few logistical pieces that they, they'll probably figure out after this first time, but... I mean, in general, it was. I mean, it's always nice to be able to drive to a, a seventy point three, and that was yeah super convenient for us in the cities. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the race. I mean, the the swim is nice in that lake. The bike course, they did an incredible job. It's totally closed course. Yeah. I mean, there's like a four lane highway you could take up the whole thing. Oh yeah, that was awesome. And then the run is like through downtown on the trails. They had everything blocked off. So yeah, I'm not taking away from the race, but. I feel like a parking lot closer to the transition or something <laughs> yeah. is maybe necessary because yeah. I remember I went I, I had to jump on the bus when it was like 95 degrees that takes you to the transition area and then walk my bike two miles to get back to like the hotel parking area and I'm not kidding I almost passed out oh, like yeah. I was so hot it was yeah so after, after the race after the yeah, race yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see how they do the full and if they change anything next year yeah yeah um, and then uh, Lutzen was that following weekend, which is uh, a variety of different distances for mountain biking. Um, the The team has went up and done that that event for for multiple years, and it's super fun for those who have never never done Lutzen or are interested in doing a mountain bike race. It's very low barrier to entry. There's very minimal single track. What distances um, do they have? Yeah, it varies. I think from twenty five or twenty twenty five to ninety nine. And then there's like a 49, right? Yep, there's a 49, a 69, and then a 99, I believe. Yeah, so it's – and of course, being up in the North Shore uh, area is, is beautiful and a great venue for, for a race like that. And you remember being sore from Des Moines still when you did it? Oh, yeah, I, I was – I've always done it just for – just to just to enjoy, and, and I wasn't expecting to be in peak fitness, especially yeah. after the 70.3. But it was – actually, I don't know if I – I can't really remember. It seems like a long time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, you did like six 70.3s last year. Oh, yeah. I attempted to. Yeah. Record setting. Yeah. Not sure book. if that was the best approach. <laughs> um, and then come. Then we didn't have any team races. We had some local kind of smaller races that some people did. But yeah. Zago was the next big team race, the 70.3 in sprint distance there. Yeah. Which is always, uh, always hot. Yeah. Uh, which it was. Although I was... I remember being very surprised that we were allowed to wear wetsuits. Yeah. And you were very relieved. <laughs> and we were talking about that all the day before because it was, I mean, this is one of the hottest summers I can remember. So I was very 
surprised that we were allowed to wear wetsuits, but we were, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's always a good primer for Ironman Wisconsin, uh, which a ton of people did. Yep. This last year. Yeah, and the only other thing with Chisago is to make note of is on the run course, it's it's all brand new pavement on that oh. out and back. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like, again, I know this sounds like a theme, but every 70.3 we did was like well into the nineties. So it was just, you know, <laughs> on that pavement out and back, no shade whatsoever. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I Wisconsin, uh, I think that we had a group of like almost 15 outpace athletes racing, which was super fun. Well, and should make the distinction that this is the first year ever that they ran the half and the full yes. on the same day. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, for sure. So there was some people doing the half, some people doing the full. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, honestly, I mean, it's they turned the swim into a two-loop swim going the opposite direction, um, which was, I think, challenging for some of the Ironman athletes because, you know, Two loops on a swim gets very uh, crowded in there. Yeah. yeah. And then now two loops on the bike and then two loops on the run. And then obviously if you're 70.3 now, you just do one and you start like two hours later. So, Mm -hmm. Which will be – this next year, it will be nice that they're separating the days. Um, 70.3 will be on Saturday and the full will be on Sunday. Yeah. Which will be – Break, break things up a little bit and less congestion on the course in general. Yeah. I mean, I think they did the best that they could with the situation, and I think it worked out just fine, but I agree it'll be much better yeah. on two separate days. And then the last kind of team race, I think, uh, when it comes to team races, I should mention, it's like any race that we have more than five people, yeah. five, six people racing, uh, was 70.3 Worlds in St. George, uh, which that that venue is... is uh, epic in itself and, yeah. and then the conditions we the pros i should just mention that so the pros uh yeah. we knew it was gonna we there was a potential for rain and maybe some winds um but the pros started well before all the age right because they had they had so many waves because it was a huge uh you know field the, yeah huge yeah. field of racers so the pros were off the bike all both men and women and then that's when like the crazy winds and like rain came rolling in and all of us age groupers were like just trying to stay upright literally there's people getting blown off their bikes and luckily i didn't have a disc and i don't think anyone on outpace had a disc wheel yeah because those people would have probably been blown blown off their bikes yeah well you did i mean i did it but i was watching at home and i remember obviously you only when you're watching the coverage you only see the professionals yeah yeah so from watching the professionals, I was like, oh, like I was reading all about this terrible weather. This looks like great weather. And, you know, the times were fast. And, oh, they yeah. were cu- and then I was kind of tracking everyone on the app. And I'm like, man, it seems like these bike <laughs> times are slow. What's going on here? But little did the spectator know that, you know, the pros blew through with the perfect weather. Yeah. And then the age groupers just got hit with every, you know, it's just like yeah. sometimes the rich just get richer. Right? Yeah. I, think, I think I biked at least... <laughs> 20, 20 minutes slower than in 20... Because we went and did it as a team in 20, 2017, maybe? Yeah. Or 2018. I can't remember. Um, and I was much fitter this time around. And it was just like, yeah, it was survival. I know. Last. I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I remember then some people said it was like the most hazardous bike oh, they've yeah. ever done. For sure. Like, yeah. they, like they had to stop on the side of the road because of the weather. I unclipped just because I was getting blown. At that point, I quickly unclipped because I was going to get blown out from God, the I hate that feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was scary. But, um, yeah, it was a fun 2021. And 
now we're uh now we're looking looking to 2022 and yep. excited for uh snow outside yeah so we got three inches yesterday and then supposed to get three on friday there's still no trails open but i'm hoping this weekend there will be but you know it's supposed to be what 50 next week so yeah that's true what can you do <laughs> can't control the weather yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah for 2022 uh the few things we were going to mention in regards to, I guess the first thing we're going to do as a team is and invite anybody listening to the podcast who's not part of the team to kind of kick off the new year with what we're calling as like a ski-a-thon or a distance challenge. We should also probably mention how this came up and what we tried last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we decided it would be a good idea last year because there was no races last year, so we were feeling pretty antsy. A group of us did a hundred k at Elm, which I guess is what sixty two miles of skiing, but we did it all at once, and there was only like a mile worth of trails open, so we basically did like sixty some laps at Elm, and it was not not recommended. No, it was, <laughs> it was not enjoyable. Peter and I were gonna bail big time, and and credit to Andrew and Sean, they kept me and you from quitting. Yeah, we were we were about done at forty, I think it was. We're like. Um, but yeah, so anyways, we're not doing that again. Um, instead we're going to do, uh, over the course of 10 days, starting December 31st through January 10th, uh, we have a variety of distances. Basically what you're going to do is you choose a distance and then throughout that period of time, however you want to structure it, you can do two a days, you can do bigger skis with, with maybe just a few, few days that you ski. Um, but trying to, trying to basically just hit a certain mark kilometer wise. And I think we're doing, uh, 25 K 25 all the way up to like three, 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 fifty kilometer wise. I think just for context, three fifty is 217 miles. Yep. Yep. So So that's the highest. And if someone wants to do more, go for power to them. Yeah. So we're going to, we're using this as kind of to kick off the new year, put in some big volume and just build a big, strong aerobic base kind of going into ski season. Yeah. And hopefully there's trails open and you can switch it up and, you know, go to Theo one day and, you know, change it up like that. That'll probably make it more fun. And, and we're hoping people like group up and ski together and, you know, make it a a team thing. Yeah. Yeah. So join us if you're interested in the, Kicking off the new year with some big ski mileage. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so for then the next podcast, we'll uh, just to highlight that we're going to go through kind of goal planning, um, just kind of how to structure your goals, and then kind of run through what our goals are for yep. next year. Yeah, just for touching on a full year's worth of goals and everything. Yeah, and then one thing we wanted to add moving forward to the podcast is a professional highlight. Um, we're just going to do this every month. Uh, and really what it is is it's just um, taking advantage of this part of the podcast to look back on what our favorite professional highlight was. Um, we think it's important to kind of support the high end of the support uh, of the sport, excuse me, um, you know, just to really kind of grow the sport um, and kind of raise all ships from that perspective. So um, I guess I'll go first. Mine was last weekend they had Clash Daytona um, and Karen and I were watching and we were both rooting pretty heavily for Jackie Herring. Yeah. You know, she's from Wisconsin, Midwest girl. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times it's always a bunch of Germans or <laughs> Norwegians <laughs> that are winning constantly. So watching someone from Wisconsin and she came into T2 with like, a, I think, five and a half plus minute deficit down to the leader, which was a girl named Lucy from Great Britain. Yeah. 
different Lucy yeah. than we all something about you know blonde Lucy's from Great Britain, yeah. um, and uh, and basically slowly ran her down throughout the entire race and with like less than a mile to go, just passed her and yeah. and ran it in for the win and it was it was pretty entertaining and fun to watch. So that's my highlight for the month. Yeah, and it should be mentioned too that she what's really inspiring about her is that she also she's also a parent of two. Yep. And 37 years old. And she yeah, I mean, she's world class, racing yeah. the best in the wor- world. So she like She had the fastest run split at um at uh what was that out over in Slovakia? Oh, the Collins Cup. The Collins Cup. Yeah. Won her beat like Annie Hogg and Metzler, who were like considered the fastest runners in the yeah, sport. Yeah. So for she's all, a beast. For all us parents out out there, we yeah. Can, <laughs> we have speak hopes. for yourself, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for mine, I I would say mine isn't necessarily one highlight. It's just kind of highlighting a year that Christian Blumenfeld had. Uh, he won the gold medal in the Olympics, and then he was WTS uh, world champion. He did his first Ironman. He he broke the world record in seven twenty one. First, yeah, first rate, first <laughs> Ironman, and then he also won Clash Daytona. Which I mean, to talk about a two weeks a, after that Ironman, yeah, yeah, a season won to it by remember. several yeah. minutes. <laughs> so that's definitely my professional highlight of uh, of I would say this this year for him at least. Yep, agreed. Now for your monthly minute where we offer you a training and racing tip. This month's topic is all about the stress plus rest equals growth equation. This equation is crucial crucial for all things in life. Without both stress there and rest, there will be no growth, whether we are applying it to training for a race or solving a difficult problem at work. When using this equation correctly, it allows us to focus on applying the right amount of stress to incur a positive change and then allowing an equal amount of rest to grow stronger and continue to progress. Stress plus rest equals growth. Write this equation down and reflect back on it if you find yourself that you're reaching a plateau or your performance isn't improving like you'd hope for. That concludes your monthly minute. Now for this main, the main topic of this month's podcast, which is all about the do's and don'ts of the off-season. All right, so now the main topic of this month's podcast, um, we chose to talk about the do's and don'ts of the off-season. You know, I feel like this is an important topic because this is always a really awkward time of year for everyone. Um, You're kind of coming off the high of that A race, Mm -hmm. whether that's an Ironman, marathon, whatever you're doing, um, and you kind of want to keep that going, but at the same time, you also need to take some time for yourself, for your body to rest and recover. Um, so we just kind of wanted to go from our perspective, what the kind of big do's and don'ts are, um, for this time of year and what's important to focus on. Yeah. And, and these are just a few highlighted ones. There's probably a million more that yeah. we, if we really wanted to spend two hours, exactly. we could yeah. come up with more, but, um, so the, for the first one, we'll start with the do's. So things that you want to implement or try to do during this period of time and off season, let's. I guess we should put into context of like what we consider the off season or or the duration of the off season. Some people would say the off season is a week that you take off between races or whatever it might be. But um, I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. You're right. But everyone should have some form of off season, whether that's, whether that's a couple of weeks for some people, or if they choose to do, you know, the winter or a couple months, like November, December. Yep. Yep. 
So uh, for for the first do, um, we uh, we listed embracing the break in intense training. Uh, so really trying to just enjoy the time off, take a few weeks of of especially at least one to two weeks. I usually try to suggest at least two of of nearly nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, just let the body reset, recover. Um, and this is really required for just overall health, you know, down to the cellular level and, and longevity within the sport. Yeah. And this is extremely hard for type A athletes, because, especially because it's going to be such a high to low, right? You're, if you're doing it right, the highest point of your season is at the end when you're at your fittest and you do your A race. Yeah. And you're coming off the emotional vibe of that. But it is extremely important to not just try and plow through and continue to do that because you've accrued a lot of stress throughout the last four, six, eight months of hardcore training. Mm. And if you don't ever stop and take a break, then you know you really are setting yourself up for, for injury and, and issues down the road. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that um, transitions well to our second one, which is think long-term, not just short-term, right? So short-term is really the thought of, oh, I fitness loss, you know, I, I have to keep going. I'm so fit right now. I don't want to lose that. Um, but that, again, is a short-term thought process and you're in the off-season anyway. I think the proper long-term thought process is that you're going to take a couple weeks back and recover so you can come back even fitter and do it the right way so you're avoiding injury. Yeah, and that's even beyond the two weeks of, of nearly nothing. That's like, you know, whether it's a month, two months, three months, depending on how long your off season is, like the long-term approach would be to come back from those two weeks and slowly build into your training and build your fitness with kind of a longer-term objective, whether it's next season or season after that. Um, so you're not just like taking uh, two weeks off and you're right back into hard training. Yeah. So thinking about a progression and really periodize your training so you're you're uh, peaking and and at your best fitness when the time counts. But yeah. Uh, the third one is just allow a little bit more leeway with your nutrition and your performance focused choices. And the nutrition piece is pretty self-explanatory. You know, especially over the holidays. You know, let yourself enjoy things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise, and then. The performance focused choices, what I meant by that was, you know, if, you know, you have friends going out to grab a couple beers or, or you know, whatever it might be, um, and normally you would go to bed at 7, a. 7 p.m. every every night. Who would like, do that? Like, <laughs> maybe push it to 7.30 or 8, you know? <laughs> um, so, so those are kind of the, the two things there. And then, um, like I said, enjoy some extra treats within reason. You know, of course, throughout the holidays, it's easy to eat um, way too much. And, yeah, you know, we're especially if we're continuing to train, you know, you're you're burning a decent amount of calories. But you can. I've always said your mouth will outperform your body. Yeah. Um, especially over the holidays when you maybe do an eight mile run and then you spend the rest of the day just yeah. <laughs> chowing down. Um, and then like for an, for an example, like if you normally eat, say, 80 percent really, really well and 20% is kind of those cheat days. Yeah. Yeah, 20 yeah, 20% of of cheat meals. Cheat or, meals, yeah. yes, things that maybe aren't providing the performance uh, benefit that you'd look for for like really good nutrition. Uh, maybe shoot for like a 70/30 during the off season. So you're really still you're doing well in the basics of your nutritional approach, but you are again Allowing a little more leeway. I think the point of this is to focus on it's not just, oh, okay, it's my off season. I can now do and eat whatever I want and totally change the path I was on. But it's just the, it's 
put it in the context of like, you need to give yourself some time to just not be so on top of yourself, be able to just enjoy things a little bit, guilt-free yep. consumption sometimes. Don't go all or nothing and you know totally go in the opposite direction. Yeah. But I think mentally allowing yourself to kind of back off a little bit is really important because it might not be a big deal after one year, but year after year, if you never give yourself some leeway, I think that's when it can it can add up. Yeah. Um, and then, so for the next one, next dues is, is, I mean, we won't go too much into this cause this is kind of going to be next podcast, but is really just start goal planning for next season. Um, I know for me personally, like I am all the things we've talked about here. I want to keep training and I want, you know, like I want to keep the momentum and, and sometimes in the off season, I feel like I have a lot of downtime on my hands and everything. So I think a, a lot of that energy can be well put into kind of planning for next season. And it's fun. You can be enthusiastic and, you know, kind of decide what you want your goals to be for the next year. Yeah. And with um, with that one as well, like coming off like a big race, you know, there is always a period of time where it's like, oh, man, it's just you you spend so much time building to a specific goal. Um, so. And then once it's completed, you're like, oh, well, you just kind of feel empty, like there's nothing you're focused on. So this is a good time to yeah. to start planning and get find that race, find that, you know, whatever it might be that you want to. One thing I want to put an asterisk on here, though, <laughs> is that put the credit card away for this portion. Yeah. The amount of races I've signed up for in this period of time <laughs> <laughs> because I have this empty hole in my life and yeah. I'm like, oh. I'll sign up for an $800 Ironman when I haven't really vetted it out with a coach or, you know, like, does that make sense in my schedule? I think it's important just to do some planning, but not actually start buying and sure. signing up for things. Yeah. yeah, maybe ask your coach first. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I signed up for a hundred miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then spend more time with friends and family. Uh, so for, for most of us that do the sport, understand that it's very much an individual pursuit in most cases, even though our family does a lot of supporting, you know, whether it's watching the kids or providing meals or coming and cheering us out on races. races. Yeah. So they sacrifice a lot for us to pursue these sports. So just kind of give back to them and spend a little more time that you wouldn't otherwise, you know, just because you're training a little bit more. I know some people too will like will in this season will go and like volunteer at races too. Yeah. So almost feeling like they're giving it back because, you know, they have a lot of people that they use for volunteers during the season. So that's, that's another thing to too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another one is, is kind of focus on strength training. Um, I, you know, I, everyone's a little bit different on this one, but it can be hard to do when you're already juggling a lot going on and soreness during the season. And I know strength training a lot of time can kind of be the thing that gets pushed to the side. Um, so use this time when you have more time on your hand as an opportunity to start getting back into to focusing on strength training. Yeah, yeah. And we do have a, a podcast that we did a little while back yeah. in regards to strength training. So you can, you know, if you want more info in regards to how to structure it in or, or uh, honestly, I don't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> well, go back and listen yeah, to it as a refresher. It's a good, it's a good overview, I guess, of strength training and our approach. Um, uh, yeah, and then the, the last do um, is just cross training. So, for most of you that that are uh, dedicated listeners to the podcast, <laughs> subscribers, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have those, but um, you know, know that we really enjoy cross country skiing and uh, think it's a great way to just you know 
take you know take a little bit of strain off the the joints from running do something different do something different you're not on the trainer all the time and it's an, an awesome full body workout you know the only limitation is when we don't have snow so hopefully we get we we get more and and uh, definitely take advantage of getting out, especially if you're in the Midwest. To, I think to 12, it, you know, it's just, again, like if you could find another sport that keeps you active and fit, that's not just swim, bike, run, and you can take a break and change it up, I, I think it helps. It doesn't have to be cross-country skiing. Yeah, it can yep. be something else you like to do in the off-season. Yeah. Just like find another sport that can help you kind of change things up so then when you come back to it, you're ready to go for, you know, triathlon training. Yeah, definitely. All right, so should we do the don'ts then? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess the, this one's pretty straightforward, we hope, um, but don't do nothing, right? So it's kind of the other coin of what we talked about. You know, obviously we want to make sure that you're taking the rest that you need um, and that you're not just plowing through and continuing to train really hard. So I guess the other extreme that is important because, you know, everyone's different is, is don't look at the off season as, okay, now this is my time to do nothing for two months, mm-hmm. right? You do still have fitness that you want to maintain. And if you're doing this for the right reasons and, and you're thinking long-term, like we mentioned earlier, you know, you should be starting to get back into a training or cross training in a certain way. Um, so after your two weeks, you know, get yourself back on track and, and really start focusing on how can I get back to training and focus on kind of off season base building um, to get back into training for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it even comes down to just, um, your body, especially if you do take an extended period of time off, like your body's going to lose the resilience yeah. to handle the training. Even if you were to start off super easy, um, you know, especially in the running portion, like your body, if you just maintain a, a minimal amount of mileage, like coming back to it, when you do start kicking things really back into gear, you'll be a lot less susceptible to injury. Um, there's an injury, if you look online, you type an in injury cycle. Um, it's basically those who get hurt, aren't able to put in the training to, to, to maintain the resilience, and then they start running again, and then they get hurt again, and it's just this constant cycle of getting hurt because there's never enough volume. So it kind of comes down to making sure to maintain some consistency so that you're not setting yourself up for injury when you do start training as well. Yep. Um, the next don't is keep pushing, um, keep pushing, just trying to progress after the last race of the season. Uh, so never allowing your body to recover. Uh, this'll definitely lead to a plateau at some point, um, and increase your chance of injury and just your overall health, like your body besides the performance aspect, your body needs to recover. Um, and, and, you know, keeping, keeping on pushing is just not, not a great way to go. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a happy medium, right? We've referenced, I mean, there's multiple ways you can get injured and, you know, so have a, have a distinction between the regular and off season and don't be all or nothing on either spectrum. Don't stop for two months and do nothing, but at the same time, don't just plow through and pretend like there is no off season, right? Like have an actual distinction between the two seasons and, and a bit of a balance is, is what we're trying to get at. Um, I think another one we have on here for don'ts is avoid, don't avoid just working on your weaknesses and limitations. Like I have a perfect one for me. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't have a swimming background. So naturally as most non-swimmer triathletes, I'm predominantly arms in the pool. And 
I avoid kicking drills like the plague because I know how slow I am kicking and I don't want to be even slower in the pool. And that's something I've done for multiple seasons now and I acknowledge it and I continue to do it, right? I mean, so I think this is the perfect time to focus on something like that when it's not as important, you don't have a race impending, you don't have to focus on race pace and fit and fitness as much. That's the perfect opportunity for me, for example, to force myself to kick in the pool to try and work on something yeah. that's more of a, a weakness for me. Yeah, and if it's one one of the three disciplines, if we're talking triathlon, like if you're 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 really quite strong in the swim and the bike, but you're you've never ran, you have no running background, and that's your that's a huge weakness of yours. Like this is a perfect time to work on that. Whereas some people kind of gravitate towards, oh, what they're good. I at. enjoy biking. Yeah. I enjoy swimming. Like yeah. I'm going to just do those two. Um, and it's it's just tough as the season rolls around to really make improvements on one of the three mm-hmm. or, or really spend dedicated time on one because you want to be well balanced come come race season and you're racing and there's life is hectic and you know this is the perfect time to focus on that. Yep. Yep. Um, and then the, uh, the last one, uh, for the don'ts is don't forgo all of your healthy habits you've developed during the season. Uh, so, so all those things that you put in place, whether it's, you know, having a good bedtime routine, sleeping eight hours, you know, having enough protein throughout the day, all the things that we do to make sure we're recovering and performing at the workouts, um, you know, you can allow yourself some leeway, like we said, with one of the do's, but don't just totally go off the rails. Balance. <laughs> Balance. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. Start sleeping four hours a night, yeah. you know, drinking a case of beer. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things we want to avoid during the off season. <laughs> um. All right. So as always, we like to end the podcast with a quote. Um, This month's quote comes from James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, and we feel um, is consistent with kind of the theme here of having a strong off-season of base building as well as thinking long-term. Bamboo can barely be seen for the first five years as it builds extensive root systems underground before expanding 90 feet into the air within six weeks. So build your roots, people.